Today on the WTF is Crypto Space podcast, we talk about the Australian government sponsoring cryptos. We talk to our guests from Kenya and we announce the winner of our competition. All this and more on the WTF is Crypto Space podcast. Stay tuned. You're smart. You know how to listen to suggestion and make your own decisions, right? We're just two Aussie brothers talking shit about cryptocurrency. So do yourself a favor. Research the topic before doing anything financially. Now for that banging intro music. Welcome to WTF is Crypto Space. I'm Brett. And I am Chad. This podcast is all about the crypto space. Crypto space shout out. Ba-boom. Chad, huge week this week. Massive. We have contributed so much. Yes, we did. Uh, we uh, we had a good uh, around the world kind of grabbing in of attention ears and crypto space enthusiasts. Oh, so we've got a few US's. We've got Edgewater and New York and Columbus and Indian Trail and Stoke Newington and LA, Dallas and Grantyville. We've also got some peeps from Melbourne, Australia. Thanks for joining us, guys. Nice local. Whack, whack. And Hell some yeah. Singapore, Singapore. Bam. Represent. And, ooh, Stone Newington from UK. I, my bad. Not US. UK. That's fine. That's fine. That's We all make mistakes, and that was one of them. Um, so today we, uh, we are wishing you all a happy Valentine's Day. Uh, and if you're listening to this early, run. Do not walk to the shops and buy your partner something, anything you dingbat. We're releasing this early enough, guys, as a public service announcement. Absolutely. But on that, we also have a competition winner, Chad. Thanks to all those people who left a review throughout Absolutely. the world. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. You guys are rocking. Brett, I have a massive hat here full of all these massive names because we wrote them in, I don't know why I chose the biggest possible marker of all time. And I found some stupid Show us the hat, hat. Chad. Hang on. Ah! Ah, there we go. It's on the table. All right, here. So, there's some folly, folly work for everyone out there. Uh, all right, we're going to pull a name out of the hat, Brett. Uh, and Brett, please make some noise. Woo! Uh, hang on. We'll grab washing around. Hang on. And the winner... Of the prize to have us spend an hour with us, which you could call that a prize if you wanted to, <laughs> is Giuseppe Roselli. Yeah, Giuseppe's from London, UK. Giuseppe, welcome to the family. I guess, I, I, guess, I don't know why, but uh, well, we're going to be talking. We're going to find you uh, in, the, in the Facebook group. Guys, thank you so much for giving us a written review and... Um, and sharing this with your friends, hey, don't worry. We're going to be holding some more competitions with some other prizes more and more this year. Uh, you'll find out on our new website. It is awesome. Chad has done a brilliant job. WTFCryptospace.com. WTFCryptospace.com. It is our Alpha Beta 1.0, so it's got, um, I don't know, I don't know terms. Uh, I just know how to invest in the crypto space. But we have it there, so guys, go in there. Uh, we will have a competition um 
uh, section. We will also have resources and stuff. At the moment, we've just got uh, all of the, uh, the the episodes up there. All of your running. favorites are back there. You can choose Absolutely. anyone in any And order, you can guys. share them. You can share them from there and have a chat. Absolutely. And, um, There's all the socials. Our socials are there. Click on them. Say hi. Drop us a line. You can now just com- go into your favorite episode and just go comment. This was a good episode. Please be positive because I have a very, very thin skin. Anyway, Brett, we're going on to topics today. Oh, good. Hit it, Chad. Topics for today is Australian government websites hacked to mine cryptocurrency. Oh. And Yep. Wait, wait. Don't get there before I say the next bit. We also have an interview with a gentleman from uh, Kenya, um, Surya Wongtomo. Surya Wongtomo. He is going to be talking to us today. Uh, the past us But before we get there Let's do this one Now <laughs> There's a gentleman from the UK His name is Scott Helm And let's just be honest He was at the helm of this story He uh, went on the source code of the websites ICO News It's a government website in Australia And he was like Oh I guess I guess uh, the Australian I think they call this crypto-jacking, Chad. In the crypto, sorry? They call it crypto-jacking. It's a new term. Crypto-jacking, because apparently it's happening enough to have its own bloody name. Now, uh, this gentleman is an information security consultant, blogger, builder of things. Uh, He's from the UK. He went on the website, checked it out, and found out that they're mining. They're using the government website. So at least our taxpayer money is making other people rich. I just saw this one, and I clapped. Like, I was in public at the time. and You were in... Yeah, I was going to say, you are in the middle of public. People were looking... But I tell you what, I just saw this one pop up and this was brilliant. So if you want to follow this bloody genius <laughs> who went <laughs> and, and exposed some stuff, he's on Twitter at uh, Scott underscore Helm with an E because let's be honest, he was at the helm of this discovery that our taxpayer money uh, is is making people rich. Brett, let's, let's, not, let's not dilly-dally anymore. Let's get into it. We're going to talk to a gentleman from Kenya. The next voices you're going to hear are three people from the past. It was Brett, it was me, and it was Saria talking about cryptocurrency. Uh, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we're we're sitting with Saria Wongtomo, mate. We want to know just a bunch of stuff about you. So this is going to be the first question. Um, What led you to become involved in the crypto space? I... Got involved in the crypto space um, from one of my friends' room, uh, sitting there about seven years ago, and I read an, uh, read an technical article regarding Bitcoin. Uh, I have a background in information technology, so that area has always been uh, of interest to me. But I've also had a um, decent interest in economics and how things go, despite that not being my primary um, study back in uni. Bitcoin itself was very fascinating because you now can merge a lot of concepts together and the design was quite elegant. Particularly with people talk about decentralization of information uh, that came with the internet. But until Bitcoin came about, your money was still very decentralized, especially in the digital world. You can hold cash, you can hold gold in your home if you wish to, but all the rest of your money that you hold online PayPal, in your bank account, they're all controlled by someone else. Cyprus went through one phase uh, shortly after Bitcoin 
became uh, apparent uh, was that if you owned more than, believe, $120,000 at that point in time, uh, basically it's like they said that they were going to just take some money out to fix the economy. Mm. A lot of people were not very happy about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and coupled with the fact that in 2008, in the global financial crisis, a lot of people felt that they didn't really have control. Yeah. Um, the banks were being bailed out. Yeah. Uh, the people who owned um, responsibly owned their houses got absolutely destroyed. Yeah, mm. that was just so much, so much chaos and stuff. And I'm guessing that was one of the biggest moves towards something like cryptocurrency. That's correct. Um, but at that point in time, it was very immature. People didn't really know where this particular um, field was going to go through. I would be incredibly surprised if anyone remotely even came close to describing what we are today. But it's the same thing as the early stage of the internet, right? Uh, we didn't know where it was going to go. So that was part of uh, another reason to me is fascinating, yeah, right? Yeah, it, it, was a, yeah. it, it was literally opening a, a yeah. can of worms. Yeah. Like people in, uh, when the internet first became sort of more commercialized in, the, in probably early 1990s, before uh, the early 1990s, yeah. before uh, the World Wide Web came about, yeah. people have a lot of thoughts of what it was going to be like. Right. Even when the World Wide Web came about, people mm -hmm. also had a lot of thoughts, yeah. right? Uh, because of all these components, it uh, fascinated me. But the big things about economics was the fact that it was not centrally planned, mm -hmm. right? There was no singular uh, governance structure to actually say what was going to happen to Bitcoin. Proof of work was a very a lot of people would say now an obsolete uh, mechanism, but it was an economically very beautiful mechanism. Yeah. And I felt it was interesting. I was drawn to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely, ourselves included. Yes. So tell us then a little bit about the current areas and projects you're working on, because you've got a couple of things that you do across, <coughs> and tell us about what you can mention. I currently, for the most part of my time, work with a bunch of very, very, very smart people in a, um, in a community that I would prefer not to mention. Mm -hmm. uh, but we are slowly professionalizing ourselves um, in a sense that you will probably see us coming out. If the market goes well, we will come out probably as a think tank slash advisory group. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, that's probably one of the main things that we're working on. Um, the other as thing I'm working on is probably that um, with the maturization of this particular market and the interest coming from old money, I felt like there was a bit of an opportunity as a person with very strong user experience interest to try to actually bring them in. It's the same reason as when people look to the internet, right? You want everyone to use it. In the early days, it was hard. It was only for the techies. It was only for yeah. the younger kids. People have time, but now even your grandmother, right, can use it. Right? Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Swipe right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, wait. Wrong guy. Well, wrong that, no, hang on. That's that's young people. <laughs> you mean you mean use your cane to try and find the phone under the couch? Yeah, that's what you're saying. So the gist of the idea is that um, there are a lot of uh, people who have a lot of funds, and we're not talking about just simply you know, your typical retiree, retirees with maybe a few million dollars. We're not thinking about that. We're thinking about people who are in position of power, mm -hmm. uh, you know, think board of directors of financial companies. Mm -hmm. I want to try to actually bring them in through uh, easily, 
this is for two reasons, or perhaps maybe three. The first single reason is the fact that um, these particular people, they are easy to serve as customers. If you can note that a lot of the major um, companies that deal with retail uh, customers as exchanges, for example, it, it's very difficult. My project basically tries to um, think private banking, but mm. within the crypto space for them. Okay. Uh, it's easy to deal with, that's number one. Number two, it's incredibly, um, their ability to move projects, it's very useful. You see that people talk about partnerships as being very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not just there to, in a sense, say broke up Bitcoins of them or introduce them to ICOs because part of the reason is that they don't have the time, right? But they have the capital. But imagine if I have a good conversation with them and there's this very awesome ICO projects that suddenly now they say this person could be from the superannuation space. Mm. Imagine the amount of conversation he's going to have, right, during mm-hmm. Easter with his family, with his friends. Absolutely. This is why I think um, it's very, it's a good project. And I'm trying to actually see if this can be done in a much more proper and formal manner. The issue here is that they are, you see a lot of the services that's being given to retail customers, ASIC to a certain extent is turning a blind eye towards a lot of financial services requirements. Um, Austria is not very heavy handed. Uh, The only important thing that is coming up is that uh, all exchanges, brokerages will need to register for uh, with Austrac um, as a reporting entity. The big difference for us is that because we're going to deal with a lot of money, we need a lot substantially much more licensing mechanism involved, right down to the point where we are definitely thinking of getting um, an AFSL. Great. So to do this entity. So it's not something that's going to be fast, no. right? Um, and obviously from that private ranking was there uh, another project that could reason out of, which I'm very interested as well, is simply... Um, um, a hedge fund yeah. or a passive index fund that tracks crypto and so forth. The passive index, a lot of people are very interested in the space. I've spoken about about five to six people. I personally don't think it's also the best opportunity cost mm. fund-wise, yeah. but I know I know a lot of people within last year, they've made, we're talking about last year, last year Ethereum basically rose 8,500%. About there, yeah. I've known people who did fifty thousand, yeah. right? And coming in to me is more like, as you can see with all my previous other aspects, the the incentive align very strongly. Yeah, yeah, right. Absolutely. It, because at the end of the day, if people give you money, you have to, you know, like uh, they want to make money. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So th- those are some of the projects. As in, um, I think a hedge fund is very interesting because. I think there's a lot of projects nowadays, they are just really rubbish. Yeah. And th- a lot of people just don't have the time, particularly these uh, high net worth individuals. Uh, and getting them right onto the right side of crypto, yeah. instead of them being burnt, is very important. Yeah, because likewise, if they invest in crypto into a crappy project and they get burnt, the next thing you know, they're gonna talk to other rich friends yeah. and some of them might be in p- position of power. Yeah, to influence, and that would, that's correct. And to influence that's the crypto laws space. Yeah. That's, as well th- against it all. That's exactly true. What happens next when they come in and uh, they talk to some regulators and the regulators themselves become much more hostile towards crypto. Mm. It's not a good space you want no. to be in. No. Nope. 
And there's a lot, and there's going to be a lot as we move from the innovator phase into this early adopter phase as we bring in these people. That's correct. Uh, um, I have. I won't be surprised particularly if within this, uh, I'm going to receive some criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, first of all, I'm I'm a very pragmatic and a huge moderate, mm-hmm. right? In a lot of decisions that I do, mm-hmm. I am. Um, so a lot of people might think I was like, why are you working with you know the you know the institutions, the money, right? The people that's out there to screw us. Truthfully, in a lot of ways. Some people might be like that, mm. but most of the people, they are just rich people and they just want to earn more money. And mm. not everyone's out there to get you. No. no. Actually, the, um, I, I had a quote from a guy called Penn, from Penn and Teller, the magicians, and he said that there's um, 7 billion people in the world and about 7 billion people are good. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's only a few, there are a few people that are out to screw you and don't have a conscience, but, um, you know, in the long run, most most rich people are kind of like just let's just make a bit more money. That's all, and and this is a great opportunity for them to do so. Absolutely. So um, now you're you're a part of Kenya. Um, can you explain what the company is, and then also the economic model of Kenya? So, in regards to as a product itself, um, Kenya is very simple. So, users now a lot of um, there's a big gig economy going on, yes. but they are all very dominated by companies which are, you know, are worth quite a fair bit of uh, capitalization. Mm-hmm. So they're big. Um, they have a lot of say in, for example, how much the fees they're going to put, yep. um, and it's not a very democratic process. Kenya basically aims to try to remove all the fees beyond what's operationally necessary, and in effect, return in a sense, the value through the reduction of fees. How part and parcel of this is achieved for a lot of um, users is that we basically get a lot of community to um, engage themselves. A very simple one is arbitration. Mm. We don't do it. Mm. We let users, which yeah, comes back to the fun point when I said about economic incentive, mm. if you incentivize people the right way and also watch out for malicious actors, mm. they are no perfect system, but we try to do the best, mm. things generally turn out all right. Yeah. And a way is just basically that we can give out arbitration to 10 people mm-hmm. as a jury, and it's fair, right? Yeah. It's like, and you can say one person might be trolling around. We'll, we know he's trolling around. If it's 10 people, we'll kick him off, yeah. right? Exactly. And the question then becomes, it's like, what does the token holders hold out of this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, number one is that if you have a lot of users using, the, uh, using Kenya, their tokens will be worth more. The other simple aspect is just the fact that uh, if you read Vitalik's blog, if you don't burn your tokens, there there are some questions in regards to why would you want to hold it long term. Tokens used in most ICOs without being burned, they are used as a currency, but they are not a very strong store value. Mm-hmm. So we add a burn function to, to, so that people who are holding it for whatever reason, either through inefficiencies, either through um, even laziness, right? You didn't convert it. You can at least come back a few years later and say that the values, you know, would increase. I would say that the burn functions is also, we're not there to, in a sense, you know, use this as a pump. Uh, We have to be very careful of how much, you know, we are deflating the market. Mm. But this is one way we can return the value to the uh, holders very fairly. So what mechanism can you use um, to create trust? The simple thing here is that in the future, when a platform becomes substantially much more mature, 
your funds will be escrowed in smart contracts. Uh, that means, unlike say, a company, we can't lose your money for whatever reason. Um, obviously, even tra in the tradi traditional space, most of the funds are actually put aside anyway uh, in a trust account. Um, but in this, uh, but you require, for example, auditing to ensure that the funds are, you know, like uh, the company spends it responsibly and so forth. Um, in a smart contract, simply could we can't touch it, mm -hmm. right? The other aspect is that um, we would have a lot of avenues to let our communities engage, mm -hmm. uh, so that builds a lot of trust in regards to how your um, funds engage with the system. An example is that um, it's under escrow. Mm -hmm. So if anyone has a dispute, obviously you, one of the issues with say using credit cards is that as a merchant, someone can do a friendly chargeback onto me, Yes. right? And for the listeners, that means that I received my item, but I've been malicious and I call and said, call my credit card and said that I didn't have, I didn't receive it, right? Um, that was that's a very complicated issues, uh, and often more often than not, a lot of people in on eBay have complained that PayPal basically just sides with the users most of the time, right? Mm. It's not very nice. Uh, but most of these uh, particular merchants they don't care because they, you know, they operate on volume, so they yeah, basically hope yeah, people don't absolutely. screw them over. Uh, but imagine if you are say, for example. Um, in a realm of say your tradie, right? Yeah. Um, you can't do that. No. Right? So what happens if you have a bad customers? The community can step in and arbitrate, just like a jury. Right. So we pick a lot of uh, concepts of basically like um, uh, from decentralization, obviously, but as well as the idea is that you, it's a bit of a pseudo economics of scale, and when you do this. Uh, and with the correct incentives, everything tend to align on the right spot. Uh, I think that creates a lot of trust because you don't need to actually you know, rely on anyone. Um, the other final thing is basically um, the company tries to be, we try to be very transparent. Uh, we take a lot of the engagement from our community, um, but truth be told, every company says that, right? Yeah. Uh, but that said, the result is what is shown. Yeah, Most absolutely. people have been very pleased with how Kenya engages with the community mm -hmm. and have not think that we've, I don't think we've actually had a reputation anywhere that I've read for you know, people calling us greedy, which is quite a th common thing that's been labeled in the ICO space. Yeah. Like you said, there's a lot of trolls out there. <laughs> You're right past Brett, so many trolls. Yeah, Chad. We are going to continue that crypto conversation next week. We cover his work with Kenya, his work with ASIC, shitcoins, and his pro resources. Tune in next week, guys. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Like us once and comment in the chat below, also on the website. Brett, we have a Twitter. WTF Crypto Space. Brett, we have a Facebook group. Crypto Space. And can I slot in here, Chad? We yes. also now have a website. It is WTFCryptospace.com. Well done, Chad. Is that, that's, that is it, right? <laughs> I have been editing it. I just didn't look up. Also, click subscribe to this podcast to get your weekly podcast updates from us knuckleheads. 
And you'll get it in your podcast feed every Wednesday, 9am Australian Eastern Standard Time. But until next time, I'm Chad. And I'm Brett. Let's get excited about the crypto space. The transition has begun. Kenya, ba ba ba. Kenya, ba ba ba. Kenya, Kenya, Kenya. I thought we were going there. Oh, okay. I thought this was like a dance number. <laughs>